Um, well, I suppose if you're not new here, then then they were right. Sometimes they they, they do come back for more um, of whatever this is. What is this? This is the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. This is a world premier kitchen, and this is um this is like the intro to the podcast. This is a bit oh, I've said before that you've got to listen to before we actually get into the show. We're sort of preamble that before the preamble, where we say, "Come on, give us a review, give us a rating. Five and, stars is what we want." And we've got a lovely Facebook group too that you, you can come in and talk to us about horror movies in. You can, you can. And uh, this week we're doing the second of our April Fool's slash Fool's Gold movies. Um, so uh, that movie is Sometimes They Come Back for More. And um, we're going to find out if it's we've been fooled or not. Um, I'm rambling now. Let's Let's just get on with it. Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. But what is a horror sandwich? Well, you get a lovely, delicious movie filling surrounded by two chatty, topicy goodnesses. Um, and I'm Mark, who's, I forgot my name again, and uh, this week I'm joined by Matthew, whose name I did remember. Hello, Matthew. Oh, I'm, I'm touched that you remember me more than yourself yes no i'm quite forgettable um i often look in the mirror and wonder who who this old person is that's staring at me um i do feel i owe you an apology though for for this because because i used the the kitchen line in in the you know the intro so it it feels like we've we've used it again right so I, i i think like what we need to think of something else like Subway for maniacs, or yeah, um, I can't think of any of the other sandwich specialists. Some sort of um, deli of the deceased, perhaps. M and S uh, meal deal for you know weirdos. <laughs> uh, breakfast bat for I don't know buccaneers. That's not horror. We've not done any pirate themed movies yet. Ah, yeah, but we could do pirate impressions and uh, and such like. Uh, probably oh. best, probably best not to. Fun fact: International Talk Like a Pirate Day is actually my birthday. So, oh really? We'll I, save it till then. I didn't realize there was an International Talk Like a Pirate Day, but uh, yeah, nineteenth of September. Oh, excellent, excellent. A little plug for your birthday there. Like and, and the same day that uh, previous f- Topic Tusk was released. Ah, ah. I always find the pirate talk is somewhat cl- close to the Cornish. You know, it's really on a sort of, you know, you're not far away from talking like you're from Cornwall if you're a I mean, that makes sense. Pirate. I imagine that ships sail there regularly. So, you know, they would have, I think they would have, being a good old Cornishman, yeah. isn't uh, Treasure Island set in Cornwall? 
before, you know, the titular island? I have no idea. I know there's I th- got... I think it is. It's got the one guy who's got a parrot, maybe, and a leg. One leg. I have one leg, and my leg is called Jeff. Jeff the leg. Uh, I'm sure that's not Treasure Island. Um, but we're not here to talk about literary classics, are we? We're here to talk about... What are we here to talk about? Well, actually, I'm quite happy that uh, we've come out of March now because I gave myself a weirdly self-imposed rule that I'd watch a movie every single day in March and it was starting to get a bit um, stressful. Oh, I know, I'll pick one of the months that's got 31 days in it. Um, Did you succeed, though? I did, yes, I did. That's that's good. Congratulations, because I've I've tried that myself in the past and it, it... it's more difficult than you think it would be. Yes, it is. But I mean, in fact, on some of the days I did more than one movie, but uh, uh, I'm just working my way through all kinds of different things. Everybody, if you're new here, then you may or may not know I was. If you're new here, you will not know that I set myself a New Year's resolution of 100 movies I hadn't seen by the end of the year, which has been passed already. So we're on the way to 200 now. Well, um, if this is anything to go about. You're on your way to at least 365. Possibly, possibly. I think I'm uh, 138 now, uh, which is a ridiculous amount of films to watch. Um, yes, yeah, so that's nice. Um, what have you been doing this week? I've been doing very little because I'm in the process of moving house. And it's not so much that it's all action when you're doing it, because a lot of the time you're just waiting for solicitors to to get back to you. But it it really dominates your thinking like nothing else. Yeah, they say it's one of the most stressful things that you can uh, that you can do, and uh, I imagine that's true. I think we're in between the stressful bits at the minute. Oh, the you, you got the stress of you know it's on the market and you know. You find one that you like, but no one's bought yours yet, and there's there's that that's that's annoying. And I think we're gonna have the stress of like actually doing the move in a few weeks. So you're somewhat in the eye of the storm at the moment. Yeah, we're just like documents are flying back and forth, and you're just kind of trusting that that the people you've hired to do all your conveyancing know what they're doing. So. It's, it's- it sounds very adult. It's not something that I would get involved in being an adult. I'm more of a yeah, and I do feel bad about complaining because I know how hard it is to to get on the property ladder and and whatnot. But yeah, oh no, no, it is a pain in the ass. I imagine it is. I'm in. Yeah, like I say, I don't do adult stuff. All I do is watch movies. Uh, apparently, I've got children somewhere, but I don't know what they're doing. Um, well, Watching one of them was movies. One of them was climbing trees today. And um, can you imagine going outside? I know, climbing trees. And the other one is trying to convince me to watch Star Wars. But what he actually wants is an educational Star Wars without actually having to watch Star Wars. Um, <laughs> when you're a man, you want to watch Star Wars. When you're a geek such as I, you can't just go around saying, "Daddy, what's the Force?" and expect a very simple question. <laughs> He, he 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 was not satisfied with the answer. It surrounds us. It binds us. Uh, well, can you choke people with it? Yeah, but look, it's more subtle than that. So yeah, um, 
So the Force, oh. it's this, it's this structural device in a, in Star Wars where it just kind of just does whatever the plot needs it to do at any convenient moment. Beautiful. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, so uh, I haven't got, I haven't got as a way to get into the first slice of bread, but let's do it anyway. Um. But what is the first slice of bread? You you pitch this, so you go. So th- th- this is something that that's been on my mind for for quite a while, uh, right. because uh, not not only have we done the the little adaptation thing, which is is it's probably going to be a while before we do one of them again, isn't it? But the you know my my thinking has been that I, I like seeing things out in the wild and thinking that would make a good film, or you know that read a good book or. Uh, see you know, see something interesting. I think it's a good movie about there. And yeah. I've been thinking about basically that, but for horror. Mm-hmm. And what character from you know outside of horror movies, so you know maybe TV books. I mean, the character that really inspired this uh, was the Undertaker from WWE. Oh yeah, it's like what character would make a good horror movie to base around? Right, and. Like, well, you said the Undertaker there, you know, it's big spooky wrestling zombie, which <laughs> sounds really cool when you put it like that. Yeah, I'd see um, that movie. And then you know, there's a there's a chance for a horrific melodrama with the, the story with his brother Kane. Yeah. Because they, yeah. they are brothers. Yeah, of course, in real life, yeah, absolutely. IRL, as the kids say. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, you know, what what non-horror movie character would you like to see a horror movie from? Right. Well, I don't know if I've cheated. You'll have to tell me if I've gone wrong here. Um, because this is, well, A, isn't technically a horror movie, a horror character. But my, I was cooking, my my little brain cooks, as you know. And um, I suddenly came up with Punch and Judy. Now, because Punch and Judy to me is one of the scariest things in the world. Um are you aware? You were uh, presumably aware of what Punch and Judy is. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I don't understand how it was ever deemed acceptable as a show for children when it is just basically domestic violence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think they've changed it over the years. But for anyone who's uh, not in England, uh, basically, it's like a, a puppet show that they put on at the beach, often at the beach or at shows and stuff like that. And back in my day, uh, at least, and well, by the sounds of it, Matthew's day. Um, Punch was just, um, well, just a very, very violent person who used to sort of beat up his wife and throw his baby and um, hide sausages. I um, think now that they, they kind of get a third party in for, you know, for the violence. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a, some sort of, you know, non-living entity that they can... Take the take the rage out on. It did surprise me to find that there were no movies about it. Now there is actually a movie called Judy and Punch, but from what I can tell, it's a bit more like about um, not necessarily more about the show rather than it is about actually, you know, what could happen with Punch and Judy. So I had this idea in my head of, you know, um, potentially a man finds the old puppets in a attic or you know how these things always cook um and eventually that creepy punch voice starts to sort of talk to him 
And, um, you know, unfortunately, he does unspeakable things in in the house. Um, yeah. Now, I think this is a really good idea, and I would definitely watch this. But I'm also going to I'm going to sound like a bit of a wanker now. Oh. Because there's something else which I think would also make a really good horror film. Mm-hmm. Basically just on the same thing. Uh, because there is, uh, I think that either the, both of these characters are derivatives of the same thing or, or one broke off from the other. Uh, but there is a character in Neapolitan puppetry called uh, Pulcinella. Uh, right. It's P-U-L-C-I-N-E-L-L-A. And it's very similar to sort of Punch and Judy in, in terms of look, but he wears this black mask uh, and like a, a white outfit all over Naples, if you see him. It's like the the uh, you know, the mascot for the city. But that is another thing that like like would look amazing in a horror film, I think. Now now that you've brought you know that that up as a concept. Oh yeah. Yeah. Took me a little while to find it, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's it's, it's certainly along the same vein, yeah, that's for sure. Um yeah, so there's there's something there with that. Um it took it took me it must admit it took me a little while to think of an actual character. I had loads of characters cooking in my brain, but um there was um so many of them have already had like a go at a movie. Um, which is kind of frustrating, you know. Like, for example, um, Mr. Zaz from uh, the Batman movies. Um, there's a really, really great story where, because I don't know if you know, like, Mr. Zaz, he's got all these cuts on his body from, and he cuts himself every time he kills somebody, and he's yeah, he's covered them in, in them. And there's one particular Batman story that, that um, he, well, to ruin the story, really, he's in prison, but has found a way to keep escaping prison. Um, so he keeps going on this. So it's so like a proper Batman detective story, rather than it being, you know, like him kicking ass left, right, and left, right, and center. So he keeps showing up to these murder scenes where the family have been like set, you know, like at the dinner table or watching TV or stuff like that, but obviously have been murdered. Um, and I just think, I mean, certainly the new The Batman was able to work along that with the Riddler. I mean, right at the beginning of that movie, it's quite actually um, horror movie-esque. But I certainly think, like I say, I, but I was, you know, that doesn't really fit your briefing. <laughs> no, it, it definitely does, though, doesn't it? You know, it's that superheroes in general, I think Batman especially, like, the, the the villains in those things do unspeakable acts, don't they? They're properly mm-hmm. like evil, but because it's you know the, the tone of them and the same that kids generally, uh, it's it's kind of watered down and it's not portrayed as as evil as like you, you as it as it would do if it was just like you know a novel written for adults or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of but, good. Good yeah, Batman superhero stories. rogue galleries, they could all make incredible horror movies in their own right, really. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's basically the, the same thing as, you know, we're saying about 
films like Godzilla, whether they constitute horror movies. Right, yeah, yeah. In in real life, can you imagine anything more terrifying than that? (laughs) An an enormous monster laying waste to cities and killing millions. No, it's terrifying. That would be awful. Um, So what did you cook up apart from The Undertaker, or was was he your main guy? No, I've... I've got music for mine. Oh, lovely. So, they, again, I'm I'm also going to say it's kind of cheating because they have made uh, like a series of short films on YouTube and stuff, which very good if anyone got some. But uh, heavy metal band Ghost, mm-hmm. they, I mean, if you just Google them, you'll you'll see where I'm going from. Is so, it's, I think officially they're not a band; they are uh, a religion. <laughs> It's very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it's a, a Satanist religion obsessed with bringing back the the devil's son and taking over the world. For some, It's all very tongue-in-cheek. It's all very silly, very funny. It's, mm-hmm. You know, playing with those things. And they have... Uh, the, the lead singer has taken on many forms over this, uh, the story of the band. So it, it started as a pope, and then that pope died and became another pope. And then I think there's another dead pope somewhere else who, when they play live, uh, is resuscitated and plays a saxophone solo. <laughs> uh, and then I believe it's it's moved on to a cardinal now, uh, who you know is in charge of this church. And I just think there's, there's grounds for just like a great workplace style horror comedy within this satanist church. You're yeah. playing on, you know, so, some of the the real life themes of sort of the heavy metal scares. You know, things like the the Norwegian black metal, where you're burning down churches and killing people and stuff. You're playing with your know, real life awfulness that horror so often does, and yeah, just turn it into you know a bit of a, a fun horror comedy. I mean, again, you know, there is a tradition with heavy metal bands doing, you know, horror comedy films. You know, the Foo Fighters did one. Is it last year or the year before? You know, oh, yeah, recent. yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, there, there have been others before that, so let, yeah. let's have one more. I'm just looking at um, the images of them, and um, it's funny, actually. It, it, they're sort of creepy images, and yet you can... You can you're looking at him thinking there's a normal voice behind there. It would be so interesting to see that, you know. Yeah, and also that there are short films on on YouTube as well where they do play with that fun, you know, yeah. sort of officey style, uh, you know, workplace comedy. I think it's uh, yeah, it looks like a it looks like a really really great idea. Um... Wow, we've really used our imaginations this week. Look us. Yeah. Fucking stuff away. Uh, I tell you, the the ideas workshop. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have anything else. I came up with a few different ideas, but like I say, every time I sort of tried to, like, there's a few animes, but I thought technically those animes are movies. So um, (laughs) it's already a horror movie, so it doesn't really work. Um. So yeah, uh, we I think we need to cover some uh, animated horror films because I've, I've absolutely seen very few, very yeah, very few. Oh well, we'll aim for that. I think um, we're pretty booked up for the next couple of months though, so that's exciting. 
Yeah, um, we we are. I don't want to say set in stone, but set in you know like where, where you you stick your finger in drying concrete. <laughs> yeah, or like polyfiller, and you think, oh, I wonder if that's gone off yet, but it hasn't quite. Yeah, but no, I. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, it's looking like for May, bit of sizzle. We there may be a guest every week. Which is exciting. All returning, I think. Oh no, I tell a lie. One new one, right? That's the that's the plan. That's yes. the plan. So that's exciting. That's oh sizzle. Lovely bit of sizzle. And talking of sizzle, what's this sizzling filling? Hmm. That didn't work. Uh should we get into the filling? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, this is the second movie from the April Fool Fool's Gold. Um, and Matthew came up with a selection of uh, six sort of Stephen King-based movies, really. And I I rolled for Sometimes They Come Back for More from 1998. Or, um, and this is a question I want to ask you straight off, was your movie called Frozen as well? Yeah, it it came up on, on uh, you know, on the, the credits at the beginning. Yeah. And it came up, like, in the middle of the cast list. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, the first thing that I went to was, is Frozen a rapper that I've never heard of? No, I don't think so. I think, because it never comes up with sometimes they come back for more. Um, so, no, yeah, my movie weird. was called Frozen. Um, and you know, for research on this, I did watch the original movie, um, which I, I'll, I'll dip into later if you don't mind. And we'll, I think we'll probably see why, you know, what, yeah, happened. this is something that, that, uh, I did want to think about. It's because I, when I put the list together, I thought I was picking, uh, you know, original first in the series films, uh, and that's. It wasn't until it was chosen that I realised it's actually the third in a trilogy. Yes, it is. And, yeah. and part of my thinking was, how does this work as a trilogy? Because it didn't really feel like it was part of a series. This one. <laughs> well, um, I, 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 we'll we'll I, get to that then. I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, so the usual bits. I've got um, the director was Daniel Zelik Burke, and. Um, this movie stars Clayton Rona as Captain Sam Cage, Faith Ford as Dr. Jennifer Wells, Max Perlich as Lieutenant Brian Sh- Brian Shabansky. I've written that down. And one of my favorite names, Chase Masterson as Major Callio Grady. I wish they just the kept the most Chase. American man alive, isn't it? That I'd love, just would just love Chase. I think wasn't that one of the women characters was Chase Masterson. Um, the woman that he lands with, I think. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to check that because I didn't. I didn't look at the cast too much for this. <laughs> I might have got that wrong. <laughs> uh, yes, Callie O'Grady. Yeah, I thought so. And Damien Shapper as Doctor Carl Schilling, or if you want, Ken from Street Fighter movie. Yeah, what are you doing here, Ken? Why are you doing this movie? Oh, because Street Fighter was shit. Um, IMDb had it had it, it. It said it's a one million estimated budget, so 
I don't know where they got that, that information from. And because it was straight to video, um, we didn't really get um, any box office or anything like that. But uh, no, but I would sh- I would be shocked if it didn't make a million back. Would you? Yeah, because I remember this. You know, we said last week being in video shops. Oh yeah, yeah. Back home, so if it, if it's got that level of popular attention. I reckon it's, I mean, distribution cost might have, uh, you know, and, and the actual cost of producing the videos would have driven that up considerably. But, but I, re- I reckon they they do. Hmm. Yeah. I reckon they made it. Oh, well, yeah, probably with video sales and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Most likely. It's such a, it's such an odd thing, isn't it? Really? It's like sort of just like totally out of our wheelhouse for some reason. And we just go, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, um... yeah I, I was uh, when it comes to to movies. It's a very good, good uh, chapter in Mark Kermode's book. I think it's the good, the bad, and the multiplex where he talks about it. And I don't know how this if this holds true now because it was written sort of before streaming became a thing. Where it's just like films very rarely lose money in the long run. You know, yeah, like eventually yeah. with with TV rights and your merchandise and just such a time frame for people to discover films and, um, you know, pick up hard copies of them that the, you know, if you take it over a long enough time frame, they very rarely lose money. And I guess that's what the straight to video market was for, wasn't it? You know, knock them out cheap and just boost the sales to, you know, give uh, a bit of help to the balance books. Yeah, well, it's sort of pretty much sort of the Kevin Smith ethos, that isn't it? You know, you know, whatever, whatever, it'll always come good in the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, lovely. Right, so uh, like you said, this is a sequel to um, two other movies. Now, I watched the original movie, which is based off a Stephen King short story. And uh, it's a movie about a guy who returns to his hometown, like a small town America, where he has to deal with the trauma of something that happened to him as a young person, um, which is that his brother was killed along with um, some bullies. And uh, the bullies come back and um, try to make his life hell as an adult. Um so it's very, very Stephen King. You know, it's yeah. got it's got that sort of voiceover. He's telling you about the story before the story starts. Very Stephen King. Uh, it was actually quite enjoyable. Um, yeah. Coming to small town. Yeah. I, I'm, my, my assumption is that it's in Maine. I don't. I, I would just assume so. I would yeah. just. In fact, it looked very much like the town in um, Doctor Sleep. Um, okay, yeah. So I don't yeah, remember it, if that is main or not. Um I don't think that one is. It but... looks like it looks like it. It looks like it. But it's yeah. very, you know, like you literally start watching it going, Oh yeah, this is Stephen King. Yeah. Um, which so and obviously this movie uh, I think the second one is sort of loosely something like that. And then, of course, you come into this one. And now I watched this one first, so obviously I didn't have any idea. And it comes up saying loosely, it says based on 
characters by Stephen King, but it doesn't follow that. It doesn't follow that. Um, so my, my question is then, is that the guy who goes back to his town in the, the first one, yeah, is he our main character in this too? Oh, no, it's unrelated. <laughs> right, so, so the guy who, uh, spoilers, we find out later in the film, has a dead brother who's come back to life. Yeah. He's a different guy who just had a dead brother come back to life. Oh, yeah, no, the, the guy whose brother died, the brother was a kid. You know, it's unrelated. I would completely unrelated. I think, I think, um, at some point during this film, they look at a map that's got like a couple of pentagrams on it, and I think those might be loosely based around, you know, or oh, this this activity has happened here and this activity has happened. Right. Okay. So I think that might be just about where the link is. Um, you know, but um. I would recommend actually watching this sometimes they come back because it's got some really good like sort of puppetry effects in it. Um Yeah, it was quite quite high up on the mm. you know the critical rating when I was you know looking for through the yeah. list for this. I watched that on YouTube as well, so Oh, very good. <laughs> Why not, eh? Uh but but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about um sometimes they come back for more. Now, as I say, I was a bit thrown off by the fact that it said it was called Frozen, and I switched it off and made sure I'd purchased the right movie. And I thought, oh yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> um. So anyway, so yeah, they. I mean, of- it makes total sense because, from what you've just said, there is there is no way that this is is anything other than a script that was just repurposed and and stuck on because like, I mean, let's, you know, just talk about the elephant in the room that this is just a guy writing a, a script, a thing script, isn't it? You know, he's just gone. I like the thing. I'm making one of them. I'm making, I'm going to make a sort of a thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll chuck in a little bit of event horizon because that's, that's, you know, mm-hmm. become popular probably about the time that this was being written. Yeah, well, it would have been, yeah. It is so, so, so derivative of that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a right. year after Event Horizon, so yeah, yeah. It is. It's, I never even noticed the Event Horizon stuff about it, but yeah, you're right, totally. Um, no, it's like, it's, it's Antarctic instead of Arctic, so I mean, ooh. you know, Points for originality there, but yeah, you know, it, it's a group of people that are snowed in, not really knowing who can trust each other, and it's there's a, a monster somewhere. It's a secret military base. Um, yeah, it's a it's a research facility that's being used for illegal mining, isn't it? In this one, yeah, yeah. I actually did read somewhere that um, it's. It's sort of vaguely loosely based on, I think, this, it might not be an actual thing that happened, but it might be a conspiracy called Project Iceworm, um, the, the idea that the Americans had to get nukes planted in, you know, the ice. Um, so that's why they're sort of illegally mining. But like I could say I, I only read that... I, I may have even just glanced at that, so I don't even I don't even know why that's stuck in me. I mean, militaries and governments do do 
stuff stupid like that. things like that. They do. Yeah. But why? why? The range. It's going to be terrible. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's based off these. But it doesn't really have any idea how those films, not how, why those films worked, does it? It doesn't. No, it's you know, um, well, it's it's just a, it's a really odd film to be honest because you you can't. I, I couldn't get to grips with any one character. I I I realized at the end I had no idea what anyone was called. Um, like, I mean, as name? as testified that we didn't know who was who just then when we were doing the cast list, even with it written down in front of us. Yeah, I'm like who. Who's this guy? <laughs> Where does he come into it? Um, I mean, so there was there was that part about it. The sort of this story moves along at a sort of this weird. It doesn't know what it's doing. Like, oh, it's a zombie movie. No, they're, they're not zombies. Are they zombies? What is this about? And you know. It almost feels like, and it's not exactly this, but like people are going, oh, um, ah. <laughs> so exactly. I, I think that there were there were two problems with this film, mm-hmm. and they are very large problems. One is that the script was quite bad. Yes, uh, for all the stuff that we, we've talked about. But two is it just didn't have any sort of budget to do anything. No, because the I think the director has actually done a pretty good job with what he's got to work with. Yeah, you know, he said his budget's about a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, like, it didn't feel like that. They got every penny out of that million on screen. Yeah, not in costumes though. Um... No, it did look like people were were just bringing their, their you know their own clothes to set. It did make Which... me me laugh at the beginning. The um the two army people land in the sort of the Arctic, and they're supposed to be wearing the like Arctic wear or whatever, and they're both wearing painters masks, um, and what looks like sort of painters overalls. Yeah, uh, it, and the the thing that got me is that they keep saying that oh it's sixty degrees outside, but they're all just inside, not wrapped up at all, and <laughs> you know a thin jumper or i think one guy's wearing short short sleeves it's you know i want to talk to their insulation guy because he's doing a good job he's yeah they've they've really sealed that place in it's toasty warm isn't it yeah (laughs) um but hmm. there there is something to it. i did just wonder you know maybe it's just the look of of film because this there there was a, a depth to the you know to the imagery that you you just don't really get any more. You know, it's certainly for, you know, very good directors and video uh, cinematographers and that, they'll put out, you know, beautiful, beautiful things. But a lot of stuff, which is like the equivalent to this, you know, straight to streaming films, they look much worse than this. And they've got a much higher budget most of the time. And you just think, is it just because they're shooting on digital? Is it just that that look of film that makes it look so nice? Because the the in, interiors, I mean, the sets, you know, did look cheap. And uh, as soon as they go outside, you know, you, you can tell that they're just on a soundstage with 
some uh, big fans and, you know, <laughs> yeah. confetti for snow. Uh, <laughs> whenever you see outdoor locations, it's very clear that they're just models. But, you know, there's a lot of work has gone into this. And I think, it, you know, it looks a lot better than, uh, you know, I was expecting and better than a lot of stuff that you see now. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that it does look good. Because, um, uh, I mean, overall, I think I found I found it a bit of a struggle to find too much about this that I did like. Um, I will, but I will go, I will, I will go with you on that. It did, it did look good. It was filmed well. Um, you know, there, there were certain set pieces that I thought were, were all right. Like to a degree, the sort of entry system to the mines was, I thought pretty, um, not great, but okay. Um, yeah, so the, there was something there. Like you said, they used every inch of that budget. You know, they stretched it as far as they could to create at least something that seemed like it was maybe not a military base, but at least an area that people were living in. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, that's why I think the budget, if the director had a bit more to work with, you know, maybe we, we could have got something, you know, improved. Yeah, uh, it just, but, it, it, to be honest, pisses me off because... Um, I mean, I didn't like it without seeing this, but it sort of pisses me off that it's that it's tagged as part of a franchise when it's not even closely related to, which sort yeah. of does bug me. But then I think, you know, even looking at that first film, it probably shouldn't have had a second one. So, you know, it's... That's frustrating, but like you said, the sort of I think the main problems with this are the script, really. And uh... well, if we're going to talk about stuff that's that's tacked on, and you know they've, they've just stuck it in there for uh, because they kind of feel like it has to be, or they've seen an opportunity, is the uh, the romance angle. Oh, that's the worst. Towards the back it? end of the film, <laughs> absolute worst. I don't think I've seen people with less chemistry than <laughs> the two of them in this. Yeah, but apparently they both love each other. Um, Which comes very left field because they spend most of the time not trusting each other. Yeah, bickering, yeah. Uh, and then he, he says, I can't explain it, I can't justify it, but I need you to trust me. And she just does and loves him. Yeah, uh, but... But you know, spoilers ahead, he is a demon guy, so maybe he was using demony powers that he didn't know he had, so that might be part of it. I don't know, maybe he was using demony powers. I, I, you know, you just wonder, it's like, did did that work on the page and they just couldn't get actors good enough to, yeah, to I mean, pull it off? It's, it's funny you say that actually, because while I was thinking about it, I thought. Exactly what you said. It was, it was very tacked on, and I was like, "You can't just do that." And then I thought about, you know, we reviewed Terminator, and technically the two characters in Terminator aren't together for, you know, very long. They're only together a matter of hours, really. Um, but it's a much more believable relationship, I think, mostly based around the fact that he's obviously known who she is for years and years and years. But you know, like you're saying, there's the chemistry there between the two of them. But these two, it's just very. Like I said, I can't explain it, but to me, everyone's going, oh, 
You know, like it, 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 it just didn't. Um, yeah, didn't if, you know, if you think about like the two, you know, the two leads in this. This film came out at the same the same year as The Mask of Zorro. You just think if if you've seen that film, like the the chemistry between Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta Jones, right? It's yeah. Just, oh, it's it's uncomfortable to be in the room with them too because you just feel like they're out to get it on at any given time. Yeah, sizzling. You know, sure. <laughs> it is just worlds away from mm-hmm. from Absolutely. the two leads in this. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you just think, you know, if they those two actors, you know, were in this, you know, could they have pulled that relationship off? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Well, if they'd had better better people, then yeah, it would have been. Or you know, even even if they just added some slight storyline that they knew each other from the past or something like that, it would have been at least more believable. Um, I didn't even need that, but you know, just something. stolen glances, you know, that them working yeah, together yeah. and just mentioning a a few little bit, building a bit of chemistry between the two. Yeah, but they, they don't. They just. They just go on wherever the plot tells them to, and then when the plot tells them that they've got to be a couple, that's right. Now you're in love. That's when they get together. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't just they don't just get together. They're in they're in love. They're in love. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a ring at the end, isn't there? Yeah. There's, they're in love. There's a whole. He, he liked it, so he put a ring on it. Yeah. Now that does lead me to um, what what I. I was like, oh, this is this could have been an interesting bit because they go back in time. Um, and at first you don't find out how far back in time that is, but it's enough for you to go, this seems further back than it should be. Um and where the two brothers are together, and uh, I think they maybe he maybe talks about how the the two brothers sort of spent time doing demony stuff. Um and it wasn't until he found this nurse or whatever that he sort of turned his life around. And I'm like, that's the story I want to see. Um, that's that's interesting. Um, but it's only sort of tacked on, really. Um, but that that bit's sort of slightly interesting, especially the sort of um, the evil brother sort of tortures the nurse. And, you know, that bit's pretty brutal. Um but yeah, for me, that was like at least a bit interesting. Yeah, um, and, and again, that's the sort of thing that a good script you could have put in and built it into the character, couldn't you? But it, it, is it? It's, it's not. I mean, it, it's paid lip service to, isn't it? But you you kind of have to introduce that earlier, I think, if you're going to, yeah, or at least introduce the, you know, the the doomed love. But you kind of get. You kind of get illusions to a past, but not that bit of it. That's right. Just, yeah, just yeah. kind of the the brothery bit, don't you? Mm. There was so much more there. There was there was there was something there, and it just gets lost. It just gets lost with. Again, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame budget for that though. Again, because uh, I'm gonna blame budget for a lot of stuff because <laughs> the, the other thing that there there is in this film isn't you know there's an action beat isn't there in that you know every 10 minutes or whatever you know 10 minutes so that there's something happening 
you know, to keep you engaged and, and keep things ticking along and, and keep it paced. But they're always just crap. You know, he's running into someone, isn't it? And, you know, or seeing someone out of the corner of their eye. And it's like the film's designed for there to be set pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell that they've gone, oh, we're going to have to cut that one and we're going to have to cut that one. And, oh, budget won't allow us for this one. Can you do this one instead? You know, it's just, I just felt really sorry for, <laughs> for the filmmaker. Because, you know, this, like I said, I think the guy's done a really good job with what he's had. And it just feels like he's just been cut off at the knees with not having the money that it seems that his talent deserves. Yeah, potentially. I mean... And, and the cast that he didn't deserve too. I'd be curious to find out if he went on to do anything else. No, um, he, he only ever made two films. Uh, so there's this one and uh, another. I'm just going to get the title for it because I've completely forgotten. Uh, so it was uh, a film called Damascus Cover, uh, which was 2017. So, you know, it took him well, just short of 20 years before he was even able to make another film. Mm. And that's kind of brutal because... You know, I've I've seen, I've seen much worse directors do much better. Get, yeah. get a lot, lot more, you know, a lot of films. Yeah, I'm sort of. I guess I am with you to a degree. I mean, I think a lot better movie, a lot better horror movies have been made on a lot worse, a lot smaller budget. So yeah, that, I think, that is true as well. Uh, I think. Uh, and you know, like we said, he uses that budget as much as he can because, as I've said, I think it's it sets good and uh, you know it it feels all sort of you know like it's supposed to feel. It's just the movie surrounding the sets is a pile of shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it tell you what, it's a film that. That reminds me of Pontypool that we covered a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's nowhere near as, as good as that. Obviously. Uh, but you know, I, I did kind of get the feeling that, you know, if, if this guy was given that script, you know, that maybe he could have made something, you know, a, around that good. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe not. Maybe there's a reason he didn't get work for 20 years again, but... I I just think that the you know the direction and the cinematography is one of very few bright spots in this film. I think uh, uh, it's good stuff. It, uh, you're right, and I'm glad you were being you were able to find something about it that you liked. Because I must admit, until you said it, I wasn't really thinking about it. I just sort of I just found it intensely boring as movies go. Um, there were points where I wasn't even sure what was going on. Um, Because to me, like, I'm probably not explaining myself, but it does feel so often like people were just walking into rooms and not really doing anything. Um, And I reckon that there is, there is certainly 
probably about 20 minutes you could cut out of this as well, isn't there? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. And it, 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 I sort of don't like... It, to me, to me, I must say this all the time, and I hate myself for it, but there's the bones of a good plot, but they never quite make it into a body. Well, the, um, the, the bones of the good plot is is a thing, though, isn't it? That's the... <laughs> yeah. You know, that's where... Yeah. Yeah, where that good plot is, and you you can tell that the writer is just a fan of that film, and he's he's tried to do something similar. Yeah, he's tried to do it, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't have too much more to say about it. No, I think I've I've got everything that yeah that I wanted out of it. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, no. I tell you, one thing I really quite enjoyed was there's a bit right at the beginning where the um they're being lowered down with a helicopter. And it just feels like the helicopter, the guy driving the helicopter's a dick. And he's just <laughs> raising it and lowering it for no reason. Are you nearly there? Which I quite enjoyed. And then they have to cut themselves free and fall to the snow. Uh, so I didn't mind that bit. But uh, so, well, the review system for this is not our usual one. We're, we're, um, we're going to decide whether we've been April Fool's or whether we've struck gold, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I certainly have been fooled. Yeah, I think I'm going to to go along with that as well. Uh, I will say I didn't I didn't hate this film. Uh I I felt that it was you know it was bad. Don't get me wrong, it was bad, but I kind of felt sorry for the people making it rather than because I really did feel at least some of the parties were trying. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I don't hate it, but don't don't bother to watch it. You know, there's no there's no B movie charm to this that no no it, like, it's, it, it's uh, just Attack of the Crab Monsters had. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, just just watch the thing. It's much better. Just watch the thing. <laughs> oh well, beautiful, lovely, lovely. So that leaves us into the final slice of bread, and we're yet again going to be playing the game of Bulls April Fool or Fool's Gold. I designed this thing, and I, I should have made it easier for me to say. Um, now, so I've I come up with a theme, and it's very, very loosely based on this theme, which is that I've ended up choosing sequels. Um, oh, okay. To movies. So, and one movie here that I had no idea had a sequel, and um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, so all I need you to do is roll your dice, pick your number, whatever it is you're doing. Right. Well, I don't have a dice, so I'm, I've got a backup in plan. Okay. Right. Hey, Siri. Pick a number between one and six. Supposed to read it out loud, but it didn't. It's just come up and said the number two. Right, okay. So so two is my choice. Okay. Or Apple's right. choice. Okay, so uh, let's go through the ones that we missed out. So in at number one, we had Halloween Resurrection. Serial killer Michael Myers is not finished with Laurie Strode and their rivalry finally comes to an end. But is this the last we see of Myers? Freddie Harris and Nora Winston are reality programmers at Dangertainment. 
and are planning to send a group of six thrill-seeking teenagers into the childhood home of Myers. Cameras are placed all over the house, and no one can get out of the house, and then Michael arrives home. Oh, that's fun. Yo, this uh, is one of the ones that I've not seen as well, so that would yeah. that would have been fun for me. Oh, well, that's a shame. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> what do we get? Number two, did you say? Number two is the what Siri picked oh, for me. We'll save, uh, we'll save that then. Okay. Okay, so in at number three, we have Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Um, it's four years later. What does she remember? Bizarre nightmares plague Reagan McNeil. Four years after her possession and exorcism, has the demon returned? And if so, can the combined faith and knowledge of a Vatican investigator and hypnotic research specialist free her from its grasp? Um, so we missed out on Exorcist 2. Yeah, which I think Mark Kermode says is the worst film of all time. Oh, that was that's exciting. So that, uh, that yeah, that would have well, it must be bad if someone who's seen as many films as him is saying that's the worst out of all of them. Um, so it's number four next, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this was the gold. Uh, oh. So I had Bride of Chucky. Chucky hooks up with another murderous doll, the bridal cl- gown-clad Tiffany, for a Route 66 murder spree and their unwitting hosts. Well, that's fun. Um, and number five. This was the one I didn't realise had a sequel. Uh, okay. The Birds 2, Land's End. Oh, that's a, another film set in Cornwall. All right. Uh, history has a nasty way of repeating itself, still haunted by the memory of the son they lost to an accident years ago. Ted and Mary Hocken take up residence with their two young daughters and on the remote windswept reaches of the tiny East Coast Island. The Hawkins are determined to forget their painful... Pa- oh. Do you know what? It's too long to read. I can't be bothered. <laughs> it can't be bothered. Basically, it's the birds too. Um... Oh, I forgot to say what the uh, letterbox ratings were on these. Um, Law, I would imagine, for most of them. 1.9, the birds was. Uh, Halloween Resurrection, 1.7. The Exorcist 2 was 2.0. And Bride of Chucky, 3.2. So, number six, uh, Amityville 3D. Ooh. That would... Well, no, that wouldn't have been fun because I don't have a 3D TV. So, well, I don't, I don't think you can watch it in 3D anymore. So, I won't worry about it. Um, warning: In this movie, you are the victim. To debunk the Amityville house's infamous reputation and take advantage of rock bottom asking price, skeptical journalist John Baxter buys the place and settles in to write his first novel. But as soon as the ink on the deed has dried. People who have come in contact with John and the house begin to meet with shocking fates. Is it all just a coincidence, or is the house really the gateway to hell? And that's a 2.2. And um, I think that's probably the least interesting of the ones you've said so far. That's the the one that I'd like the least. So I'm glad we didn't get it. Okay. Unless two's worse. Well, I got to admit, this is the one that I really hoped you wouldn't roll. Damn it! Um, <laughs> so, what we've got is Hellraiser, Hell World. Evil goes online. 
Gamers who participate in an online role-playing game called Hellworld are invited to a rave whose host plans to show them all the truth behind the Cenobite mythos. In at a 1.8. But does star Henry Cavill? Oh, well. There we go. We've, we've got an A-lister in there at least. Uh, it, I, it, it comes up on a lot of this is the worst film ever list. So that'll be fun. Yeah, well, yeah, you know what? I think it's. Uh, I think we might have a bit of fun. I'm just looking at the. Uh, well, it, you know, it's a one point eight, so it's not great, but you know, there's a lot to like in the cast here. There's a lot of people that have done some really good stuff. Yeah, there's some good cast in there. It does have Doug Bradley as Pinhead, so at least you're getting the original Pinhead. Because I know there is one out there that's got a very, very odd-looking Pinhead. Um, got Lance Henriksen as well. Yeah, it looks like a very skinny Henry Cavill. Um, before he became just a mountain of a man. Before he became yeah, before he became an actual truck. Yeah, Uh, he's a human truck. (laughs) So there you go. Oh, I get again. You see, I really, I did enjoy the, I did enjoy the, uh, the collect. Collecting the movies and uh, picking them, so that's that's good fun. That uh, so, Hellraiser, Hellworld. Like I say, I think probably that was the one that I wanted the least. Um, I don't know why I'm doing this this time. I probably I fancied Amityville 3D, um, and I was curious about the birds too, but I also didn't want to see it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wonder what that's about. Um, but I actually looked up the birds too because you couldn't find it anywhere. I found it on like I think it might have been YouTube or something like that, and um, I sort of was generally fast forwarding through it, and it really seemed like nothing was happening. Um, I think the birds might be seagulls in it as well, which is fun. Well, if it is, if it is in Land's End, then I reckon that that is the bird around there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, or maybe a puffin. Do they live around there, or is that somewhere else? I think they're. I think they're more northerly, yeah, more Iceland yeah. and whatnot. Uh, don't they have them on um, in Northup Broad? Not North Northumberland. In, in that island, you can go see. Don't they have puffins? Possibly. Yeah, I yeah. guess they probably share that. You know, that same part of the North Sea. Yeah, I'm just trying to geography think about, podcast. What are that island's called? There's an island you can go visit. Um, who cares? It's a National Trust thing. You look it up. I'm not looking it up. Um, I mean the the listeners, not you particularly, Matthew. Anyway, so let, let uh, I'm rambling. Let's go. Let's 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 do it. Um, five star reviews. Please leave reviews and and the five star rate because apparently that is the thing that that gets us looked at. Um, and you know we'd love to keep doing this. Um, I mean, not that we would stop. Um, oh, ooh, what am I saying? Uh, social media is off. Should we just go? Can we go? Do, do yeah. I need to plug anything else? <laughs> no, just give us, just give us more. Just give us reviews. We like reviews. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy in his tum tums. Yeah, or or angry and angry and murderous. Whatever you like, whatever suits you. Let's just go. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.